Atlanta News First investigates the largest investigative team in Georgia, holding the powerful accountable and fighting for you. Now, in this series of podcasts, we take you behind the scenes of our most recent investigations. Welcome to Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First. Welcome to Behind the Investigation. I'm Atlanta News First Chief Investigator Brendan Keefe, and I'm joined by Investigator Andy Parati right now. And we're talking about his ongoing investigation, The Sixth, which is about trying to get public defenders for people who are waiting for any kind of representation facing criminal charges. An excellent series, Andy. And uh, it's getting results, but not exactly the results we would have expected. Explain before we watch the story. Yeah. So we uncovered that the agency in charge of providing uh, public defenders to people accused of crimes has not only had a difficult time finding legal representation for those individuals, but because of so many investigations that we have produced, they have actually hired two public relation firms to help with its image. So we're talking about controlling the message, not necessarily the underlying problem. That's how some people see it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let the viewers see it, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it on the other side. Welcome to this edition of The Defender. Uh, this is the best that we have done in the last two years. Amateo Lee raves about her accomplishments as the director of the Georgia Public Defender Council in a video posted on YouTube this past March. We have more funding than we've ever had in the history of the agency, and that's the last two years. An apparent attempt to put a positive spin on a state agency struggling to live up to its obligation to provide legal representation to people accused of crimes who could not afford a lawyer. Over the past five months, Atlanta News First Investigations uncovered people in county jails across Georgia, legally innocent, waiting for trial, but without an attorney. A violation of the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution. Do you have a lawyer? Is anyone come to speak with you? No. No? So he's kind of like stuck. He doesn't have no representation at all, no help at all. Nobody's listening. It's been 10 years and nobody has listened. According to agency records, we uncovered the Defender Council has hired multiple public relation firms that changed the narrative, using taxpayer money to do it. Tobin Inc. is one of them. According to its $4,500 contract, the company provided the agency with thought leadership, social media strategy, and on-call crisis communication. Internal emails show the Defender Council hired Tobin Inc., Two weeks after Atlanta News First interviewed Director Ali in November, asking her to respond to judges' frustration over shortages in court-appointed attorneys. So these are people who don't know what's going on in-house. Even judges. Even judges. Three months later, the Defender Council hired another public relations company, Lucy Content. It's run by former local television journalists. Our job is, is to shine a light on all the good that people, businesses, nonprofits are doing. The taxpayer cost to hire Lucy $24,500. According to its contract, the media company will provide help with overall messaging, develop narrative opportunities, and social media support. Since employing Lucy, the agency increased posting on its Facebook page, including congratulating employees on awards, but also about International Jugglers Day, 
National Golfers Day, and even Caramel Popcorn Day. What sort of looking for? It's jargon. Andrew Fleischman is a former public defender who worked at the agency. We share the public relations contracts and the YouTube video with him. I feel as though they're saying, okay, uh, people think we're doing a bad job because we're getting bad press, instead of thinking, oh, we're getting bad press because we're doing a bad job. Director Ali did not respond to our request for an interview for this story, but an email staff wrote, we seek to engage and educate the public by showcasing the positive impact of our work, calling it a cost-effective tool to improve employee recruitment. My response is that it's unusual for a government agency to have to spend taxpayer dollars to persuade taxpayers that their money is being spent wisely. Let me tell you what the real deal is. In the Defender Council's 15-minute video, Director Arlie spends most of the time talking about herself and her accomplishments since appointed by the governor in 2020. Here's the only time she recognizes issues facing her agency and people waiting for legal representation. Now, do we have challenges? Yes, we do. Um, we sometimes don't have enough employees. It seems to me like she believes she is doing a tremendous job. She just held herself to a very low standard. Andy, as always, excellent reporting. You know, I'm left with the question, doesn't this agency have a spokesperson, don't they have communication specialists who are already on the taxpayer payroll? Yeah, they do. They have a uh, communications director that occasionally answers uh, my questions and uh, responds to my records requests. So yeah, they they do. They don't have maybe an entire company that handles PR, but they do have a communications department of one. And the timing here is important because, as we know, causation is not causality, uh, or sorry, uh, correlation is not causality. But two things are correlated, your reporting and them hiring these PR companies, right? The timing you pointed out in the story, I mean, it's significant, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it would be one thing if they were doing an entire strategic plan on recruiting. But clearly the timing according to the emails that we obtain, show just a, a short time after we did that one interview with her, they immediately hired this PR firm. And then a sh just a few months after that, they hire another one, spending more money. So there, there's something to be said about the difference between solely, um, you know, trying to get recruitment underway versus trying to change their image. And maybe it's maybe it's both. But according to some people, as you just saw, they don't know whether it's, it's worth the money. And I think there's also something to be said about, I don't think there's anything wrong with communicating to the public the way that she is trying to through that video. I think what has frustrated public defenders past and present that I've spoken with is that her reluctance to acknowledge reality. She says everything is fine. She said last year or this year is the best that the agency has ever been in terms of funding and employment. But she rarely, if ever, and in this 15, 16 minute video that she posted on YouTube, she spends 10 seconds acknowledging just slightly issues impacting representing defendants in the state. Yeah, and, and while they've had the best year, according to her, in the public relations video, that's not what she told the General Assembly, which you pointed out in an earlier report, that you were, she was uh, sort of glossing over some of the issues and actually even uh, contradicting them in your first interview with her, uh, and then she tells a different story to the General Assembly when it comes down to getting funding and support. Yeah, and she wasn't necessarily um, 
providing that information freely. It took two members uh, of two lawmakers, one in the state house and, and one in the Senate, to essentially ask her, hey, what's your caseload for these public defenders? And it's only after prodding that she says, well, we don't always have enough public defenders in certain parts of the state. And, it, and after digging, it's multiple parts of the state, unfortunately. Right. So uh, is there any way to measure the outcome of this public relations campaign? I mean, the whole point, they said, was to uh, increase recruitment. Um one, do they have a recruiting problem? And two, is there a way to measure if anybody saw this and said, hey, I want to go work for this agency? Well, according to people that have watched that, that work at the agency currently, you know, in the past, I, I don't know whether it was effective for them, but maybe future um, public defenders that maybe want to work at the agency, they are certainly um, have changed their image visually on their website, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter. So it, I don't know if there's a way to, to measure it at this point. Look, a lot of journalists go into public relations. You pointed out that one company, Lucy, was made, you know, yeah. made up of former journalists who, who, as some of us say, went to the dark side. No <laughs> offense to my friends in public relations, but it is taking sort of our skill set and then applying it to crisis communications and to helping corporate images and things like that. It's not unheard of for a government agency to hire a PR firm, but in this case, it appears to be... Uh, in direct response to your reporting. And, you know, one other thing is that the these reputation firms, there's several of them out there that help people rehabilitate the, either their corporate or their personal reputations. And the way they do it is they flood the zone with positive news mm -hmm. so that when you do a Google search, instead of seeing Andy Parati's you know, critical report, which is an accountability report, they might find the National Caramel Popcorn Day post and instead on the first page of results, right? <laughs> Yeah. Look, this agency has had troubles in the past. So it's not like even before the pandemic, they didn't have issues. There's always been recruitment issues in public defender offices. The folks, though, that are telling me that work there or, or left because of her say it's her lack of acknowledging the seriousness of not having enough public defenders and the pay. Uh, the pandemic didn't create this problem. It just sort of like showed it to the world that revealed itself that there was always this lingering issue. And then when the pandemic happened, a lot of people left the profession and, and also realized that they simply, you know, can't live off the salaries. That's where you really saw this uh, come to light. So I see the need probably for uh, recruiting efforts, maybe even some sort of PR image to remind people about the important work that they do. But the timing of it like you mentioned, right after our reporting just seems questionable of why you're why are you spending money now? Well, and it's important to point out that two things were happening simultaneously. Mm -hmm. There are criminal defendants who've been charged, who don't have an attorney, who are right now mm -hmm. incarcerated awaiting some sort of day in court, but they don't even have an attorney. At the same time, the agency responsible for providing them that attorney is spending taxpayer money on messaging. Yeah. And as you know, the YSL trial is, has been um, widely reported that the uh, court-appointed attorneys that represent these defendants in these large RICO cases, they're complaining that they're not getting paid enough. They, they After multiple complaints, including a court-appointed attorney that said that she might have to result to an OnlyFans page to pay 
you know, to pay her bills, mm. they essentially increase the pay. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's certainly questionable when you have um, these court appointed attorneys saying the state isn't paying enough. Uh, and then you have 30, almost $30,000 spent, more than $30,000 spent on PR firms. And these agencies and the agency will turn down requests for things like, uh, you know, experts to testify yeah. or investigators. The prosecutor has investigators. The prosecutor has these resources. They have access to using taxpayer money to these resources that the defendants often don't. I mean, it's not a level playing field. Yeah. You, you can buy justice in this country. And if you don't have any money, then the inverse of that is you can't afford justice. Yeah, there's a court appointed attorney right now in Fulton County that as pleading for the Georgia Public Defender Council to pay for investigative resources. The agency said no. She appealed to a judge. A judge agreed. The agency still appealed it. It may go before the Georgia Supreme Court. So it's reluctance to to spend money. It's reluctance to sort of acknowledge reality, I think, is what's most frustrating for people that are in the system or working around it. Yeah. Anything else you think is important? Uh, anything else we can expect down the road from your ongoing investigation? Yeah. So uh, we've re- been reporting about this issue for a while, including a man in Doherty County who was charged with murder 10 years ago that is behind bars that has never been to trial. Well, we have an update coming up in the coming weeks um, because one of uh, an attorney who saw the story, a private attorney who saw our story, is now representing that defendant uh, pro bono. Well, that's amazing. And that's because of your reporting. Yep. Yeah, that's excellent. Andy, this is such important work. Um, I always say it's the real pay of the job when we're able to get positive change as a result of our reporting. And that's not possible with everyone who's watching this report because you see it and then you call your representatives or whatever. And, and you know, we're not in the solutions business, but we are in the pointing out the problems business. So everyone at home can help solve the problem uh, together. That's Thanks right. again, mm-hmm. Andy Parati, investigator for that excellent report. For Andy, I'm Chief Investigator Brendan Keefe with Atlanta News First Investigates, and you've been watching Behind the Investigation on Atlanta News First Plus.